This and CISPR podcast conversation with Ashley Michelle Thublin and Andy Jinks is sponsored in part by Blackboard. This is going to really make everything sound old and outdated, but you would come together in an auditorium and sit next to one another and listen to people speak and you would talk in front of people. Hi, everybody. My name is Kevin Smith. I'm a member of the media team and the board of directors with NC Spur the North Carolina School Public Relations Association. I'm the community relations coordinator with Transylvania County Schools. I'd like to introduce Ashley Michelle Thublin. Hi, my name is Ashley Michelle Thublin. I am the executive director of communications for Asheville City Schools here in Asheville, North Carolina, and I am a new board member for NC Spur. And Ashley Michelle is going to be my co-host for this amazing episode of School PR Drive Time. We hope that you're going to enjoy this conversation conversation with Ashley and Michelle and Andy Jenks. AMT, take us right back to where it began. I want folks to understand why this conversation was so important to you personally and how you picked up on it. Yes, for me, this conversation is incredibly important because in 2019, I received a phone call from my board chair saying that within an hour, we were going to be putting out communication that our superintendent had just resigned. And so I want y'all to learn from my mistakes so you don't make them as well as learn from uh, a few things that Andy and I picked up along the way to make your superintendent search process easier. I was so pleasantly surprised by the number of ways your experience dovetailed with Andy's as well as the things that happened that were quite different Folks, we really hope you enjoy this conversation. Stay tuned. We'll unpack it for you after the show here on School PR Drive Time. Thanks for being with us. Well, folks, we've had a great time warming ourselves up here and welcome to School PR Drive Time. The North Carolina School Public Relations Association is proud to offer this podcast and we are hosting a really special conversation today. So we come to the end of the school year and we start looking at what the next school year might look like. We think a lot about human resources. There's a lot of talk about turnover. Today, we have two rock stars who have helped manage the process. What happens if you're the PIO and someone asks you, whether it's the board or someone else in your district, to help lead the search for the new superintendent? And then what steps are you going to take when it's time to bring that superintendent out to the public? Ashley Michelle Thublin from Asheville City Schools. She's in her eighth year of school PR and her fourth year in Asheville City Schools. AMT, thanks for joining this conversation to tell folks about what it's like to search for the next superintendent. Of course, I'm happy to be here and I'm excited to share um, my mistakes so that she will not make the same ones. I love it. That's how we learn. We're going to fail forward today. And Andy Jenks is the Chief of Communications and Community Engagement for Henrico County Schools in Virginia, Richmond, a town that I know a little bit about from having lived there in the past with eight and a half years in school PR. So we're gonna learn a lot about what it's been like to watch staff uh, grow in this process and what it's like when you take someone brand new and bring them out to the public. I can't wait to study Amy's passport with you, Andy, and we look forward to this conversation. Thanks for joining us today. My pleasure, Kevin. Thanks for the invitation and can't wait to uh, share in front of your audience. So AMT, I wanna give you the floor right away because you're the one who tipped us off. I have to give credit to my sources. When you said, hey, I went to this great presentation at Ensbra. This is what I really want to talk about. I think this seminar was amazing. Why don't you tell me what you heard Andy Jenks talking about when you attended one of those Ensbra seminars on what it's like to bring the superintendent out to the public? 
Yeah. So for us, we at Asheville City Schools had just had a superintendent resign. So at Inspire 2019, um, I was going to every single Inspire session I could about a superintendent search. And Andes and Henrico County was by far my favorite um, because they really did a great intentional rollout of what it looks like to have a super a new superintendent, especially a new superintendent who is not from your school district. It wasn't somebody that had been homegrown. So I just really appreciated Andy's, you know, all his different great ideas. And it really helped me um, when I was not only completing my own search process, but trying to navigate somewhat with our new superintendent, although we were doing our rollout in the midst of all things COVID. So it was slightly different. It could not be, it could not be as great as Andy's. <laughs> if you really want to find someone who can do school PR, you find someone who will do three things at once with one hand tied behind their back. We already know that. So the best time to do this and learn has uh, got to be during the COVID pandemic. Andy Jenks, when you were presenting at Enspra and folks like Ashley Michelle were hearing your presentation, what was, what was going through your mind? What were the feelings for you as a school PR professional reliving some of those events? And we'll dive into some of the details, sure. but what does it feel like when you get to bring these stories forward to folks around the country like that? Well, first of all, Ashley Michelle said some really nice things and uh, I, I feel a little bit overrated right now, <laughs> but uh, I will do my best to live up to those very kind things that she said. But uh, thinking back to Enspra in Washington in 2019, it was a really tremendous opportunity for not just me, because I don't do this by myself, but for several folks on the communications team who were there with me. And it was one of the first and very few opportunities that we had to just sit back and take stock of a lot of different things that happened over a relatively short period of time, but uh, consumed a, a substantial part of a year for us. And most of the time, I think we're just going uh, so far and so fast without really taking time to pause and reflect on it that the Ensport Conference was a really tremendous opportunity for us to be able to uh, just really appreciate the, the work and the thoughtfulness and the effort and the learning experiences that we all got from that as well. Again, making no assurances or promises that it, this was the only way to mm -hmm. uh, search for and introduce a superintendent, but it was the best way that we knew how. And it was uh, tremendous for us to uh, be accepted by the Ensboro community to share that with a, a bigger audience. And, and the fact that we're still talking about it today is just uh, really nice for us. And um, uh, you know, we, we appreciate that opportunity to share some more. I'm going to drop a spoiler into every PIO's ear right here and say, these are award-winning stories that we're talking about. And Ashley and Michelle, I won't be surprised if one day we start seeing some of yours. In fact, it might've been part of your APR process, which we might just cut into a little bit as we have this conversation today. So if you are interested in putting your district and your professional team forward for awards, either within your state chapter or at the Ensper level, you should be tuned in very closely today. And if you're thinking about how you can prepare for a really important part of your professional learning and think about turning an APR panel project from this process, you're, you are tuned into the right place today. So again, Ashley, Michelle, I want to get back to how I knew about your story. You're a neighbor of mine, uh, and we're very grateful that you have just started your service on the NCSPRA board. We're just kicking off a new year, and we're getting into June when we're going to start introducing new board members, and it's been very exciting to go through that retreat process with you. So I get to hear some things from time to time, and one of the things I heard was, oh my gosh, like we're starting a new superintendent search. And I'm trying to remember exactly how much time you had before you had to get started. I had an hour. 
I had an hour's heads up. I was literally um, on my lunch break and uh, I was sitting there uh, eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And my board chair called and said, can you get back to the central office? Uh, I need to meet with you. And I said, of, of course, it's the board chair. I'm going to go wherever she tells me to go. And I met her back at the central office and she said, our superintendent just resigned. I need to get a message out within the next hour and we have to start our superintendent search immediately. Um, and I said, okay, let's do it. So I had That's an hour. We're up. all ready for that call. We're all totally ready for that call. We show up at work every day knowing that could be the thing, right? No, I'm just, you can't, if you're just listening on the audio podcast, you don't see me shaking my head. No, one hour board chair, our super resigned effective immediately. We need you to jump. What's in your go bag, Ashley, Michelle, when you think of the tools that you have at your disposal, obviously you probably didn't have a template in your, uh, in your school messenger or blackboard. You probably didn't have that one worked up. What are some of the things that you were able to pull from the work that we do every day that helps you start this process? So like you said, I was incredibly lucky. I was in the middle of getting my APR. So for those of you that don't know, that's my accreditation in public relations. Um, and so one of the things that we had talked about so much as part of the APR process was having that research. And so for me, really, um, even though I only had an hour, I did want to make sure that this was rooted in research. And one of the things that's a little bit different about Asheville City Schools is um, we'd had six superintendents in six years. Okay, so for folks I, who are listening at home, let's repeat that. Six superintendents over the course six of six years. academic years in Asheville City Schools. So clearly change and adapting to change was something you all had already done an awful lot of. So maybe I was wrong, Ashley Michelle. Maybe maybe you did have exactly what we were looking for. Um, so uh, again, this is I've been in Asheville City Schools for four years now. And at this point, I'm on my third superintendent. Um, but when my original uh, superintendent resigned, I was able to go and look and see. I was able to do that some of that historical research and see what worked well um, from our last superintendent search and what didn't. Our previous superintendent search had been done. It wasn't completed in-house. It had been done by the North Carolina um, School Board Association. So we could you know, pull from some of their resources but also tweak them so that they would be more meaningful to our current audience. I love it. Andy Jenks, your experience was a little bit different. You were not dropped to, to the edge of a cliff and, and pushed off. You had something a little, a little more intense going on. And again, it kind of reflects the tenure you've had and some of the relationships that were built in your school system. Tell us about how you were introduced to the process that you were going to have to help your community find the next superintendent. Yeah, I remember it being a, a weekday morning. It was a standard leadership meeting that we have just down the hall here. And our superintendent was an extremely well-liked, affable, popular guy, but he'd been around a while. And so the idea of him retiring someday wasn't entirely unheard of. That being said, it's not like we walked into a meeting knowing it was going to happen that day. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a weekday morning. Cut to the chase. He says he's decided to retire. Huh. That was pretty surprising to all of us, but not entirely out of the realm of possibility. So it was like, all right, well, we want to do really well by a guy who's extremely well liked and, and serve the community for a considerable amount of time. So, you know, we'll get some graphics together. We'll get a little announcement together. We'll do an employee message. We'll do a parent message. We'll get it all tied up with a bow maybe by Friday. And he's like, oh no, this is going to happen today. We're going to announce this today. I'm like, all right, gotcha. I think I'm going to step out of this meeting and get to work if you don't mind. And so all of those things that we were just kicking around as ideas as, as part of the go bag, so to speak, 
uh, is what was slammed together relatively quickly. And, and again, we're, we're fortunate in Henrico County. I'm not a one-person shop, so it's just a matter of quietly or quickly leaving one meeting and convening another one and saying, guess what, everyone? Something's happening today. And that was the first time members of my team had heard it. And so some graphical treatments that went on our website, as well as embedded into email and social media, which is pretty standard at this point, um, a message to our employees followed very quickly by a a mostly similar message that went to our student households. And from there, uh, a news media release and any associated interviews or arrangements that would come with that. And that's just announcing that one person is departing the organization. The act of arranging for his successor was going to come later. And so that was a discussion with our then board chair uh, about how that was going to work. So that all did not unfold in the same day. It was within the same general time frame. But uh, <laughs> we wanted to do right by someone who deserved it and treat his announcement as its own thing. There'd be a time and a place for the search that came the following week when we announced what that was going to look like. So we've been through all kinds of personnel searches and you've probably participated in as many panels as I have. I'm in my eighth year in school PR, Ashley, Michelle, Andy, you're both in your eighth year as well. So I kind of like that. Uh, we haven't had a superintendent change and there's no file on what happened here during the search for our current superintendent. So I'm looking at what you all are going through and wondering, as you saw this process unfolding over the course of an hour, a day, a week, the one thing that stands out as different from a principal search or a teacher search or a director search, this is the person who's going to set the tone for the entire school system. This is the person who becomes the figurehead and is going to be the first one in, last one out on everything that matters to your school system. So one of the things that I'm thinking about is when you knew that you were going to turn around and start getting stakeholder input, and I know both of you were heavily involved in that, so we're going to talk about that process right now. How did you, what are the first things that you did to try and decouple, if you could, the last superintendent and all the things that were going with their tenure, their administration, and clearing the decks to make sure that you could have a really good, well-informed, but open-ended search for what the community needs today versus what they had yesterday? Um, who wants to talk about that first? Yeah, I can, I can jump in first, Kevin. I, I think it was important for us to demonstrate that the next superintendent, superintendent was not a foregone conclusion. We have always had a deputy or an assistant superintendent, but it's not necessarily automatic that that person would want the superintendent job. So we had to demonstrate that this wasn't a done deal. And in doing so, it was pretty clear for us uh, up front that this is a, an, an open, a, a nationwide search. We were gonna work with what's known as the Virginia School Boards Association as, and this is probably oversimplifying it, but uh, as a, a headhunter of sorts to help us identify interested or potential superintendent candidates. But we also had to collect public input in terms of what our community and, and not just our, the general public, but our internal public, our employees as well, what they wanted in the next, in the next superintendent, but also sort of market ourselves, advertise ourselves a little bit to someone who might just be an outsider and wouldn't know if you pronounce our county Henrico, which is how you pronounce it, or Henrico, which is what sometimes people say if they've never been here before. And, and so we felt like it was up to us to put our best foot forward in terms of marketing us to somebody who might be considering uh, jumping out of their comfort zone for the very first time. So uh, one of the ways that looked in the early going stages, again, doing this together with the Virginia School Boards Association is to 
create an electronic survey that can be emailed out and put on paper copies in local libraries and translated to if necessary. Um, and, and that can be done at any time, at any place. And that was open for a couple of weeks. We did some uh, in-person events where everyone just, uh, and, and this is gonna really make everything sound old and outdated, but you would come together in an auditorium and sit next to one another and listen to people speak and you would talk in front of people. And- Back uh, in the before times, people yeah, did in the, that. In the before times. Um, <laughs> And uh, you'd hear a presentation about what our board is looking for, but more importantly, what are the people looking for? Mm -hmm. And that was a, a, a sometimes just a really simple but supremely helpful activity where everyone just puts big sheets of chart paper and tapes them to the wall. And you personally write the characteristics that are important to you in a superintendent, things like honest and, and genuine and caring. And think of any adjective in the world. It doesn't matter what it is. You put it up on the wall. Before you know it, there's 50 different terms on the wall, and that's it. Then everybody gets little colorful sticky dots. They can be red, yellow, green, blue. It doesn't matter. It just matters that everybody gets sticky dots, but you only get five of them. And so you look in the entire room and put your five dots next to the five most important things that are meaningful to you. And what happens is that trends emerge. Certain people put all their dots under certain terms. <laughs> and most important is that everyone else in the room can see it. So it's not like it's done in secret in some back room where the school board just decides what's most important. Everyone who's there gets to see based on the dots, what are the five most important things to people who are in the room. And that helps form the job description for our board and the Virginia School Boards Association to now go out into the into the world, into the country, and attract the next candidate for our school system. I love the sound of that process. What I heard you saying is it's really transparent. It's really engaging. The fact that it was welcoming to everybody. Ashley and Michelle, I know that you by now have run, uh, you've run some of these forums, like you said, in the middle of COVID, as well yeah. as in times before. So some of these things probably sound very familiar to you. A lot of yeah. that, uh, a lot of information gathering sounded familiar, but you also used some really innovative tools over the past couple of years, especially in, I would consider the heat of battle, right? Really um, very short timeframes, a lot of action activity compressed into a, into a tiny, tiny space. Tell us about some of the most important lessons you learned. So um, like what you're talking about, we were doing ours, unlike Andy, who had the um, the sticky notes. One thing that we did was we used this platform called Mentimeter um, because we did hold community forums. Our original objective was to hold six community forums. But as uh, I'd gone to Inspra, actually, and I was listening to what a, a different school district and they were talking about, um, it was Nicole Kirby School District. They were talking about when they were doing a strategic plan and they mentioned how they had a complete completely, um, a complete form that ran 100% in Spanish. So we were like, oh my gosh, well, we have to have a Spanish community forum. That's a huge population for us. And we, I didn't even think about doing one. I mean, we, of course we had a, you know, the survey translated in Spanish, but having, you know, interpreters and having it completely run in Spanish was amazing. Um, so we did hold um, 11 community forums, but instead of doing the paper version, we did it through Mentimeter. Um, and Mentimeter is just an online platform, but it does allow you to have um, that instantaneous feedback. And so you are able to be transparent, but it's just a digital way to do it. And, um, and was it also a two-way process? Were you able to use video content to kind of open up the, how did Mentimeter work with what you already had on hand? 
Yeah. So the way that it worked is we actually, I was the person who would, and we had additional facilitators, but I would facilitate the meeting and open it up and explain kind of where we were as a school district, what our superintendent search process was looking like, um, and talk about, because we just had one two years prior to it, um, what some of the leadership characteristics were most important two years ago and see if they were still important two years later. Um, and then we did it all through Mentimeter and so that people could enter in their information. It would appear right on the screen as it was happening. And then we were able to send it to board members that could not attend that particular meeting, but everybody could see exactly what was happening. I um, love this part of the conversation so much. What, if there's one thing you learned that you wish you could have done differently now that you've been through the process once or more, mm, if I could just add that, then I know this would have taken us to right where we want to be. AMT, finish what you were thinking about. What's the one thing that you could add that would make it even better than you've already yeah, done? Yeah, no, I would just say, make sure that your students have a seat at the table um, that was something that we added in later on, but that was by far the most compelling content. We heard, we did a survey with our students and had 600 high schoolers complete the survey, but then we also asked our elementary schoolers what they wanted in the next superintendent. Oh. And that was by far the best video I've probably ever done. And it really let our community know what our students thought our next leader should look like. And we got, you know, it was also something we put on our superintendent webpage, our superintendent search webpage, so that prospective superintendents could see, like, this is what we're about. We're student focused, and this is what our students want our next leader. So it was pretty great. For those of you watching and listening at home, you might've just heard the first little Easter egg of something we're gonna put in the show notes, and you might find on the NCs for social media feeds, Sounds like that video content of our youngest students talking about the superintendent they want in schools is a really important way to get student voice out there and have a successful future. Andy, what about you? If there's one thing you could do to level up from what you've already learned, what would you go back and do differently? I really like the idea of exclusively working with your students. I mean, in theory, a lot of public events are open to anyone, but in reality, it's mostly adults and, and not the kids. And I think going into schools and, and working with them directly is a really super idea that, that other folks should do. Uh, you know, if I had to think of something, it's uh, it's fresh on my mind now, which is, this is only two and a half years ago. It was not ancient times. We had the video conferencing and, and virtual meeting capability. It was kind of unheard of to use in these things. It, it was almost like you were... I don't know if this is fully accurate, but you're almost being lazy if you don't go out into public libraries and school auditoriums and stay there until 8.30 at night. And we can still do that all day, every day, but uh, we've had a lot of evidence in the past year and a half that you can get a bigger audience when people don't have to leave their homes and go somewhere in the middle of the evening. And we had the technology at the time, we could have used it. Um, and I, I wonder if the amount of involvement, engagement, and uh, just uh, uh, audiences we attracted could have been even uh, bigger and more diverse at the time if we embraced the technology that we had. Yeah, Facebook Live, those community forums. That's, yeah. that's awesome. I was gonna say, we did we did a few Facebook Live ones and we got we got a different audience we never would have if we, you know, that weren't gonna come to the library, they weren't gonna come to the school. That was, that's awesome. Folks, you are listening to School PR Drive Time. My name is Kevin Smith. I'm a member of the NCSPRA board and the media team. I am so fortunate to host Ashley Michelle Thublin, who is the executive director of communications for Asheville City Schools, and Andy Jenks, who is the chief of communications and community engagement for Henrico County Schools. Please stay tuned for the second half of this show, because after all this great information gets taken in and used by your school board and your internal stakeholders to choose the next superintendent, you as the school PR professional could be undertaking the most important job of your career. Blackboard is a leading ed tech company that partners with K-12, higher education, business, and government clients around the world. 
Their mission to advance learning doesn't just stop in the classroom. They serve all aspects of education with solutions that cover community engagement, teaching and learning, and digital accessibility. They're proud to partner with North Carolina districts to ensure all learners have access to a quality education. Here at NCSPRA, we thank Blackboard for their continued support of this podcast and all our efforts to improve school communications throughout North Carolina and beyond. Hello, this is Stacia Harris, a member of the media team and board of directors with NCSPRA, the North Carolina School Public Relations Association. I'm also the director of communications for Buncombe County Schools. We hope you're enjoying this episode of School PR Drive Time, the NCSPRA podcast about driving the narrative forward in support of public education. In 2021, we want to know more about the people who make good things happen every day for every student in North Carolina's public schools. They're the same folks who make news for our members to share with their communities. And this podcast is one way we hope to spread the news for all of our listeners. Please follow NCSPRA on social media and learn how school PR supports the mission of everyone in North Carolina's public schools. Share this program with someone you think will appreciate knowing more and subscribe yourself wherever you get your podcasts. We're glad you joined us. Enjoy the show. Thank you everyone for staying with us here on School PR Drive Time. Ashley Michelle Thublin from Asheville City Schools and Andy Jenks from Henrico County Schools are experts in this process and they found each other through Ensboro. I'm so grateful that we have the two of you here together talking with school PR pros and really folks across the state who could be cross-functional as well. This, this kind of message isn't necessarily just for school PR professionals. I'd like to talk with you, Andy, since you led this off and Ashley Michelle, you found him at Ensboro and brought him to us here at, at NCSPRA. Andy, talk to us about the ways that you worked alongside other professionals in your central office or in your schools to make sure that the work you had done on the superintendent search was going to bring forward the right person and then how that informed the process of bringing them to your community. Yeah, the the bulk of our effort, and this was back in 2018, was um, about introducing a new person into our county for the very first time. The uh, superintendent who retired in 2018 had become superintendent four years prior to that, but he had come up through the organization over the course of many, many years. So a lot of people, at least internally, knew who he was. School superintendents aren't often the most well-known figure out there in the general public, but for sure, internally, he was extremely well-known. We hired our next superintendent from Virginia Beach, which is roughly a two-hour drive away from Henrico County, Virginia. And uh, she was a, a virtual unknown in this community and certainly within the general public. I think there were some folks, you know, in, in various forms of the administration who, who knew her. She wasn't a complete stranger, but generally speaking, she needed to get off to a solid start and a, a good start, solid footing uh, for the very first time. And so there were a few different ways that we uh, attempted to do that. The first is your big traditional introduction in, full of a, in front of a full room of dignitaries, politicians, right. school system supporters, 70 right, school right. principals. And that was very nice. That was in a in the formal school board meeting setting. That's her public introduction, news interviews and things like that. But that doesn't reach everyone, certainly not. So And that's the most uh, low risk situation. That's that's where yeah. we're most comfortable. We're there every month. Sure. We know our way. We've got solid footing there. You probably went way beyond that to work with some of the folks in your school system. It, that was the month of June when she was formally introduced, right when the school system's coming to a close and people's appetites for public education not, aren't necessarily as strong as they are in, say, 
August, September, October. But we didn't want to let that time just go to waste and kick back in the office all summer long. And so we did some informal meet and greets. We have five uh, magisterial or political districts in Henrico County. And so in each of those districts, we set up uh, an informal meet and greet. It had the effect of looking like a receiving line in our public libraries. And that was intentional. No chairs, no thing to watch because we didn't want people to sit down and make themselves comfortable and expect that there was going to be an hour and a half presentation and Q&A afterward. That would come later. We did that in the fall. But Early on, we just wanted people to stop by, say hello, introduce themselves, let us say a few things about ourselves as an organization as well. I mean, we had some things to hand out like informational materials, a looping video with school system facts that would play on the wall, but it was specifically designed to be very informal, low pressure, low maintenance, but a, a chance to bring dozens, if not a hundred people at a time in and out to say hello. We did that over the course of about a week and a half, and, and that would pave the way for what we would end up doing later in the fall, which were some more formal town hall meetings with a presentation, a Q&A, and those would take place in the evening for a, a captive audience in a school auditorium. Let me divert you there for a second, Andy. So what we're talking about now is a, we're gonna, I'm gonna put that next little plug in there for what you can find in the show notes and what we'll post on NCSPR's social media. Henrico County created something called Amy's Passport. And had you already begun that web page? Had you already begun the process of using your digital tools as well as these local hand, uh, you know, handshake events? It, it unfolded, I think, somewhat organically as that process was getting underway. And, and I think this can be said about a lot of school districts, but uh, the one in Henrico County where I work is extremely diverse with more than 100 languages spoken among our students and our families. And uh, many schools truly exemplify that diversity in the student body. And it, we often say that you can travel the world without leaving home. And so the gimmick or the idea of a passport to sort of document what is taking place was, was used to bring folks up to speed later down the road. Let's say you didn't attend a meet and greet in July or didn't attend a town hall in November or didn't come to one of our other events throughout the summer and early fall. We still memorialized and documented it with short written blurbs, photographs in the electronic version of it. It would link to other things, but there was also the printed product, an actual booklet that resembled as close as we could make it uh, a passport because we did not want it to be this intimidating thesis paper that nobody would read and would sit on a shelf forever. We wanted it to be something that I could pass around at a, at a social function or at a meeting and just have it seem unintimidating and easy to read. And it would bring people up to speed on our new superintendent, Dr. Cashwell, as quickly as we could. Uh, in as friendly a way as we could think of. And so the, the passport gimmick was used to, uh, you know, pay tribute to the diversity of this county, but also be a small and easy to read thing that people could um, take with them uh, throughout a, a number of our stops in, in the year 2018. If you think Andy Jenks has this presentation well rehearsed and refined, it might be because he's not only presented it to an Ensper audience, he's also submitted this for some awards as well. I wanted to hear that whole story. And Ashley, Michelle, I'd like for you to do the same thing since you've turned this into your own APR project. I did. Let's, get, let's dive into the details. You create huge expectations when you have 11 forums, multilingual forums, you're using in-person, digital, it's in the middle of COVID. 
There's so many different loops that open up that you then have to tie off when you bring that new superintendent forward. Talk to us about what you learned using that yeah. RPI process and how it's yeah. worked out in your community. So I will say that as part of the RPI process, the ending, which kind of served as a kickoff point for what happened once Dr. Jean got here. And one thing I do want to point out that's pretty cool about Andy's district and mine is both of our superintendents are comfortable with people using their first name, um, which does not always happen. But I was incredibly lucky. Dr. Jean literally said in his um, like announcement to everybody, you know, announcement to the community. Uh, someone called him Dr. Freeman and he goes, Dr. Freeman's my dad. My name is Dr. Jean and I, I want you to call me Dr. Jean. Um, and so the kids know him as Dr. Jean. Our staff knows him as Dr. Jean. Everybody refers to him as Dr. Jean, which is kind of nice. Um, I don't want to just point that out. But he took some of, of the work off your shoulders. He really did. He made it a little bit more personable, which would help us a little bit. Um, but as part of, you know, having tying your objectives back to your to your evaluation, as part of our superintendent search process, we'd had a goal of providing 50 communications to key publics throughout our campaign. And thankfully, we far exceeded that goal. 50. Yeah, that was what our goal was. And through, you know, those emails, through phone calls, text messages, community forums, surveys, all the things we actually did as part of our superintendent search 135 different ways that we reached our key publics. Um, and then we also wanted to tie it all back in and ask them, okay, was this a successful campaign? Did you feel informed? And so we'd had a, an objective uh, that 70% of our students, staff, and families would say at the end of this, that I felt informed throughout this 2019 superintendent search process. And we had about 77% of our staff and our families and everybody say they did feel informed. So that was pretty, you know, that's about 80%. Um, not perfect, but it was more than we anticipated. And we were glad to know that our community felt informed. I would love to know how you knew where to set those bars. Did you get guidance along the way to know what your expect what expectations would be reasonable and manageable? You're a two-person team. You're bringing in a new you're bringing in a new leader where the leader isn't currently in the seat. So you're relying on a lot of internal leadership, team leadership, folks working alongside you cross-functionally. Again, back to the question I asked Andy, who are some of the big cross-functional colleagues? What departments were you able to count on to make sure this process really did reflect your whole school system? Yeah, so I relied heavily on our HR department, of course, because this was a superintendent search, as well as our leadership team to find out what had worked well in the past superintendent search and what had not. And then honestly, I did some Googling, um, you know, and looked at Inspra's goldmine to see what had previous school districts done as part of their superintendent search and really just pulled any gold nugget I could find and, you know, to see like, okay, this sounds great, but will it actually work in Asheville City Schools? Um, so that was kind of our jumping off point really with our superintendent search. And then once Dr. Jean got here, Honestly, I feel pretty bad because the man started in the midst of a global pandemic. So his rollout has looked a little bit different. Um, Asheville City Schools, we're not all back to school yet. We're still under plan B for our middle and high school, which means that half of our kids are coming and we're not letting visitors on our campus. So a lot of his has been virtual, um, but I think probably our most successful thing that we did is our interim superintendent who we had was beloved. She had been a previous interim superintendent part of our school district for many years beforehand and had a kid in the district and grandchildren. So we did a sit down interview with the two of them. And Dr. Jean just asked Dr. Short questions about our district, questions about our community, places to go eat. Um, just getting her feel for the community because she was such a beloved part of Asheville City Schools family. And so that was a nice way to transition that leadership role. 
I love hearing about the stories where it just becomes very, very personal. And Andy, you know, knowing what you know now about bringing Dr. Amy Cashwell to the public and, and using Amy's passport, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about how, how this organic process that you were describing earlier developed because you had, uh, again, it was two, 2018, 2019. Yeah. Um, so That's again, right. the before times, I'll, we'll stop saying that at some point really, really soon as we begin to look at the end of the end of the COVID pandemic, at least as far as all of the restrictions are concerned. When, when you looked at how that process unfolded, how did you know when you had hit the maturation point and how did you know when it was time to go ahead and, and let that ship sail and move on and get back to business as usual? I don't know if there was any one particular moment. There were lots of uh, mini moments, I think, along the way, because our, our audience, like any school system, is can be divided or defined in a number of different ways. You have your employees and you have individual schools. You have groups of employees like custodians or, or food service mm -hmm. or technology who don't necessarily view themselves as teachers or librarians, for example. Um, and so in addition to community events that we had throughout the summer and early fall. There were big convocations that we had in our high schools that allowed school faculties to uh, be introduced to her all at, at one moment in time. And I, I don't know that uh, if there was any moment where we move, moved on or moved away from that, if I'm understanding things correctly, it, it's certainly when the school year began uh, because at, at that point, the focus is not necessarily on a, a new superintendent coming into you know, turn everything upside down. If Good anything, point. we wanted to demonstrate that there was some level of consistency and, um, you know, dedication to the way things had been, or at least to what had been successful with an open mind toward ways that we can always continuously prove no matter if things are going great. Um, and, and so I, I think I, I felt a, a shift during the early fall of, of 2018, where it became less about introductions and more about documenting how that introduction took place, but with an important caveat of, okay, what does all this mean? What did we learn from it? How is it going to chart a path moving forward? All of this activity right. may or may not amount to much if, it's, if we're not seeing it translate into real results for teachers, for students, for families, and for the community. So your superintendent's website, Amy's Passport, definitely kept going. Um, sure. How did you how did you manage that, and how what was it like working with your new superintendent? I mean, Amy's passport is a you know kind of a stage name for a strategic plan, right? Or a first 100 days. We just didn't want to call it, you know, the strategic plan for HCPS, which just doesn't sound like something a lot of people would want to read, right? We we just wanted to give it a fun and, and friendly name, and it uh, you know, identified certain mileposts about every once a quarter we would, uh, first of all, articulate all the things we learned by engaging with students, staff, and, and employees, and the general public, um, listing some strengths and, and some maybe some opportunities, as well as some areas of, of growth and, and things that we can accomplish moving forward. And so about every three to four months, we as an organization would revisit some of these things that we promised our community. And again, not all of them had overnight solutions. A lot of them were very long-term systemic things that would be uh, reflected or, or would improve over time. I thought I heard um, you say a lot of it was tied in, in many ways to what you would expect out of a strategic planning process right. in the first place. So it looks an awful lot like that. 
It does. And so about every three to four months, we would demonstrate what's been accomplished or what's in progress or what's yet to uh, unfold. And we would try to stamp it like it was an actual passport that you would get stamped on an airplane or at customs or something like that um, as a way for folks to follow along. And then you'd use all of your traditional tools like email, newsletter, social media to let folks know that things have been updated. Go check it out. And remember all those events you went to back in 2018. It wasn't for nothing. It's for demonstrable, provable, um, and I don't know if either of those are words, but things that you can point to and say, it was worth it. That meant something. And so that was what a lot of the year 2019 was about, about uh, evolving from Amy's passport to something uh, constructive that you can build upon. And to make a very long story short, Amy's passport since evolved into a more forward-thinking strategic plan document that is uh, you know, taking our school system through the year 2025. So Amy's passport as an idea is, is something good that we're really proud of and it was meaningful at the time. It's since evolved into something else that's going forward for about the next four to five years. So it, it marks that moment in time when a superintendent was being introduced and, and fact-finding and learning. And we've since transitioned into the, the whole idea of what does it all mean in the long term? It sounds like you're having to rely on an awful lot of teamwork to continue this process of bringing the superintendent's vision sure. forward through this planning process. Am I, am I hearing yeah. that correctly? Yeah, it's, it's certainly not some thing that's exclusive to the communications team. Uh, the communications team can undo a lot of acronyms and, and translate a lot of bureaucratic language into something that folks would read. But yes, we are 100% pulling from the accomplishments and the goals and uh, the achievements of other departments throughout the organization. And so by the time Amy or Dr. Cashwell is, is on board, it's, it's far beyond just a PR operation. It's, it's a school system uh, a list of accomplishments. It's a school system objective that is being told through to the greater audience. It's, it's gonna require everybody coming together and really everybody pulling at about the same speed in the same direction. Sure, that's exactly right. Well, I was going to say, I think one of the things that I love that we do is a jumping off point for Dr. Jean's accomplishments, but really our school district's accomplishments is each week when we have our leadership meeting, we always open it with what's something positive that's happened in our district this week. And we have a running list of something that's positive that's happened this week. And it can literally be something as simple as, oh, the Asheville High School Drama Department did an amazing quixotica, which is where our students create their own um, plays. And then they go and because of all things COVID, they have to present them over Zoom. Um, or it could be something as amazing as, oh my gosh, our class of 2020 had the highest graduation rate ever for Asheville City Schools. But we have that running list of accomplishments. And then when it, came, it comes time to like, okay, the county commissioners or city council or your parents are saying, what have you guys done in this year? Despite COVID, you have that list of accomplishments, the things the district has accomplished. And it shows, you know, this isn't just a superintendent's directive, but it's literally like, this is what our students have done. This is what our amazing parents have brought before us. This is what our principals have done. This is what our staff has done to you know, communicate what's happening in our school district. Ashley, Michelle, it sounds like the ACS Gratitude Journal. I would love to be checking that book on your desk. Like that would just brighten my day. How do you convey that information? If that's how you start your leadership team meetings off, um, how does that information get shared with the whole school system so that that becomes something they can then uh, enjoy and activate in their community relationships as well? 
so usually it's one of those things that that is how if I haven't been brought if I don't if I don't know about something that's usually my, where I get my press release ideas or I'll get you know oh that sounds really great do you have any photos of that that we can share on social media I hear that I or hear if that. it hasn't happened yet we can go ahead and like I said pitch it to the media so it's it's a way that I can go on ahead and get some you know some new ideas or some content for um, our social media campaigns. But then it's also um, once a quarter. And Dr. Jean actually started this while I was on maternity leave, and I absolutely love it. Um, once a quarter, we as a school district, you know, of course, you're going to have your social media platforms and all of that. But for each of our schools outside, we have this giant banner, basically. Um, and we'll put all the different like, you know, we list about 10 different accomplishments that we've been able to achieve in the past quarter. And we change it out, you know, like I said, every quarter. And it just shows like, oh, you know, Asheville City Schools led an initiative that put free Wi-Fi in a thousand homes between our housing neighborhoods or Asheville City Schools got to lead a pods program and 200 students that you know didn't participate in that home learning in the spring did in the fall because of this and it's a way you know people will hear about it and they'll say oh that sounds great but then chunking it all together and changing it out each quarter it kind of shows the progression of what's happened um, throughout our district throughout you know those those few months. Ashley Michelle as you think about reintroducing Dr. Jean Yes. After COVID, what are some of the things that you're looking forward to most in fall yeah. of 2021? So that you're absolutely correct. Um, well, really, we're pretty excited for next week. We have our graduation, and that'll be the first opportunity go. really that our families are going to get to see Dr. Jean not on a computer screen because we finally have started to lift some of the mask mandates and some of the social distancing requirements in North Carolina. So while he's been to a football game. That's been about it. This will be the first really big opportunity, um, but kind of similar to what Andy was talking about, we've already kind of done some collaboration and figured out that we would love to have him go to certain areas of um, the city of Asheville and come to the library and get to meet Dr. Jean or come to one of our, come to the high school and get to meet Dr. Jean and just different meet and greet opportunities and really get to know, you know, what his passions are um, as we kick off the next school year. And, you know, just really, it, it really is a fresh start and we get to, we get to do things a little bit different next year. Andy Jenks, I'm going to put the last word to you. If there's one thing that you would recommend to someone who has yet to begin preparing for this, but maybe they can just maybe see off in the distance, this is something worth preparing for. We already talked about the go bag. We've already talked about going back through the resources that you've had historically in your school system. If there's one thing that you would recommend someone start doing right now to prepare for what could be an eventual superintendent search and presentation to the public, where would you have them start right now? Yeah, I think I would start by following your instincts. I, I don't think there is a roadmap to it. There's not necessarily a right way or a wrong way to do it. But as a school public relations professional, I think we all have this innate set of experiences that maybe they're for um, things on a smaller scale and not necessarily as big and as far reaching as introducing a superintendent. And thankfully, we don't always have to do those all the time. I, I do think that the general public will respond well to, to your ideas and your instincts, because I think more so than any other folks within the organization, I think that the communications and the PR side of the house will know how to connect with families and students and, and parents and employees in ways that make them feel warm and comfortable and welcome and engaged. And no one wants to feel like they're not the smartest kid in the room by hearing all these acronyms thrown all over the place or all these reports and, and doctors and directors and chiefs of this and that who are all in the room in their dark suits. I, I think 
uh, that, that all kind of comes with the territory. But if you can conceive of a way to make it feel smaller and make it feel mm. friendlier and a little more intimate, even if you have to do 10 or 20 different sessions, and, and maybe that's pushing it. But I, I think it goes back to the idea of trusting your instincts about what's going to work for your audiences and then act upon them. Having the confidence and the freedom to act upon them will help your superintendent search, your superintendent announcement and introduction be relatable, be successful, and ultimately it will pay off in, in having your superintendent have as solid a start as he or she could possibly have. And we hope that by you coming to this School PR Drive Time conversation, you've had an intimate, relatable experience that will also help you translate this into immediate results and following your instincts. Andy, I think that was a great way for us to wrap up this conversation. We have really enjoyed talking with two, I'm going to say it again, rock stars of superintendent search and superintendent presentation processes. Andy Jenks is the Chief of Communications and Community Engagement for Henrico County Schools in Richmond, Virginia. And Ashley Michelle Thublin, APR, is the Executive Director of Communications for Asheville City Schools. They both bring a wealth of experience from very similar scenarios, as well as some things that have been radically different. And we're so excited that you all could join us today for this conversation. AMT, thanks for being with us. I'm looking forward to more of these conversations in the future. Of course, it was absolutely my pleasure. And I will just say as a concluding thought um, for all of our school PR folks, never before or never again will the board have such an intimate knowledge of what you do as they do in the midst of a superintendent search. So this is your time to shine in the midst of your board. <laughs> you will definitely uh, grow those relationships uh, more than any other. You don't want to be in the Super Bowl every week, but when it comes, you certainly want to be ready. And Andy Jenks, thank you so much for bringing the wealth of experience of you and your team. Kevin, thank you very much for the invitation. I really enjoyed it. Time well spent. Can't wait to do it again someday. Ashley Michelle Thublin, this show is amazing. It's so packed with so many good things and I can't wait to put some of those links into the show notes and let people see how easy it is to go ahead and plug in some of the things that we've learned today. What's something you were expecting? What did you end up hearing today? So my favorite thing that we learned today was just really delving deeper into Amy's passport. That was such a great communications tool. And the best thing is it didn't just stay there. It wasn't a one-off, but really they use that for their strategic plan and it's gonna direct what happens in Henrico County for the next five years. I'll be honest with you. I already knew a little bit about your process of going through multiple superintendent searches in Asheville City Schools, but hearing the many different ways that even the simplest tools, talking with our students on video, putting our former interim superintendent and our incoming superintendent together in front of the camera to have an intimate conversation about something even as simple as where to go and get food after taking the new job. It's amazing how we as school PR professionals have opportunities day after day to humanize what's happening around us and just tell a simple story that can bring so much more to our communities, whether it's the stakeholders inside our schools or the community we're talking to outside the schools. Ashley and Michelle, thank you so much for being a part of this. I'm looking forward to more co-hosting opportunities with you. And folks, if you're listening, we hope you're enjoying the podcast and hope we'll share it with stakeholders across your school system and across the state of North Carolina. Thanks for being with us. Thank you.